0: Chapter fifty two of Mr. Scarborough's Family. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Brooke Cunningham. Mr. Scarborough's Family by Anthony Trollope. Chapter fifty two Mr. Barry again. Mr. Barry has given me to understand that he means to come down tomorrow. This was said by mr gray to his daughter what does he want to come here for i suppose you know why he wants to come here then the father was silent and for some time dolly remained silent also he is coming to ask you to consent to be his wife why do you let him come papa i cannot hinder him that in the first place and that i don't want to prevent his coming oh papa i do not want to prevent his coming and i do not wish you now at this instant to pledge yourself to anything i cannot but pledge myself you can at any rate remain silent while i speak to you there was a solemnity in his manner which almost awed her so that she could only come nearer to him and sit close to him holding his hand in hers i wish you to hear what i have got to say to you and to make no answer till you shall make it to-morrow to him after having fully considered the whole matter in the first place he is an honest and good man and certainly will not ill-treat you is that so much it is a great deal as men go it would be a great deal to me to be sure that i had left you in the hands of one who is of his nature tender and affectionate that is something but not enough and then he is a careful man who will certainly screen you from all want and he is prudent walking about the world with his eyes open much wider than your father has ever done here she only pressed his hand there is nothing to be said against him except that something which you spotted at once when you said that he was not a gentleman according to your ideas and to mine he is not quite a gentleman but we are both fastidious we must pay the penalty of our tastes in that respect you are paying the penalty now by your present doubts but it is not yet too late for you to get the better of it though i have acknowledged that he is not quite a gentleman he is by no means the reverse you are quite a lady i hope so but you are not particularly good-looking papa you are not complimentary my dear i do not intend to be so to me your face such as it is is the sweetest thing on earth to look upon oh papa dear papa and she threw her arms around his neck and kissed him but having lived so long with me you have acquired my habits and thoughts and have learned to disregard utterly your outward appearance i would be decent and clean and womanly that is not enough to attract the eyes of men in general but he has seen deeper than most men do into the value of the business you mean said she no dolly i will not have that that is ill-natured and as i believe altogether untrue i think of mr berry that he would not marry any girl for the sake of a business unless he loved her that is nonsense papa how can mr berry love me did he and i ever have five minutes of free conversation together unless he meant to love would be nearer the mark and knew that he could do so you will be quite safe in his hands safe papa so much for yourself and now i must say a few words as to myself you are not bound to marry him or any one else to do me a good turn but i think you are bound to remember what my feelings would be if on my deathbed, i were leaving you quite alone in the world as far as money is concerned you would have enough for all your wants but that is all that you would have you have become so thoroughly my friend that you would have hardly another real friend in the world that is my disposition yes but i must guard against the ill effects of that disposition i know that if some man came the way whom you could in truth love you would make the sweetest wife that ever a man possessed oh papa how you talk no such man will come the way and there's an end of it Mr. Berry has come the way, and, as things go, is deserving of your regard. My advice to you is to accept him. Now you will have twenty-four hours to think of that advice, and to think of your own future condition. How will life go with you if you should be left living in this house all alone? Why do you speak as though we were to be parted to-morrow? To-morrow, or the next day, he said very solemnly, the day will surely come before long. Mr. Berry may not be all that your fancy has imagined— decidedly not but he has those good qualities which your reason should appreciate think it over my darling and now we will say nothing more about mr Barry till he shall have come and been here and pleaded his own cause then there was not another word said on the subject between them and on the next morning mr grey went away to his chambers as usual though she had strenuously opposed her father through the whole of the conversation above given still as it has gone on she had resolved to do as he would her not indeed that is to marry the suitor but to turn him over in her mind yet once again and find out whether it would be possible that she should do so she had dismissed him on that former occasion and had not since given a thought to him except as to a nuisance of which she had so far riddled herself now the nuisance had come again and she was to endeavour to ascertain how far she could accustom herself to its perpetual presence without incurring perpetual misery but it has to be acknowledged that she did not begin the inquiry in a fair frame of mind she declared to herself that she would think about it all the night and all the morning without a prejudice so that she might be able to accept him if she found it possible but at that same time there was present to her a high black stone wall at one side of which stood she herself while mr Barry was on the other that there should be any clamouring over that wall by either of them she felt to be quite impossible at the same time she acknowledged that a miracle might occur by which the wall would be removed so she began her thinking and used all her father's arguments mr berry was honest and good and would not ill-treat her she knew nothing about him but would take all that for granted as though it were gospel because her father said it so and then it was to her a fact that she was by no means good looking the meaning of which was that no other man would probably want her then she remembered her father's words to me her face is the sweetest thing on earth to look upon this she did believe her plainness did not come against her there why should she rob her father of the one thing which to him was sweet in the world and to her her father was the one noble human being whom she had ever known why should she rob herself of his daily presence then she told herself as she had told him that she had never had five minutes free conversation with mr Barry in her life that certainly was no reason why free conversation should not be commenced, but then she did not believe that free conversation was within the capacity of Mr. Barry. It would never come, though she might be married to him for twenty years. He, too, might, perhaps, talk about his business, but there would be none of those considerations as to radical good or evil which made the nucleus of all such conversations with her father. There would be a flatness about it, all, which would make any such interchange of words impossible, would be as though she had been married to a log of wood or rather a beast of the field as regarded all sentiment how much money would be coming to him now our father had never told her how much money was coming to him there had been no allusion to that branch of the subject and then there came other thoughts as to that interior life which it would be her destiny to lead with mr Barry. then came a black cloud upon her face as she sat thinking of it never at last she said never never He is very foolish not to know that it is impossible the he of whom she then spoke was her father and not mr Barry. if i have to be left alone i shall not be the first others have been left alone before me i shall at any rate be left alone then the wall became higher and more black than ever and there was no coming of that miracle by which it was to be removed it was clearer to her than ever that neither of them could climb it and after all she said to herself to know that your husband is not a gentleman ought that not to be enough of course a woman has to pay for her fastidiousness like other luxuries it is costly but then like other luxuries it cannot be laid aside so before that morning was gone she made up her mind steadily that mr barry should never be her lord and master how could she best make him understand that it was so so that she might be quickly rid of him when the first hour of thinking was done after breakfast it was that which filled her mind she was sure that he would not take an answer easily and go he would have been prepared by her father to persevere not by his absolute words but by his mode of speaking her father would have given him to understand that she was still in doubt and therefore might possibly be talked over she must teach him at once as well as she could that such was not her character and that she had come to a resolution which left him no chance and she was guilty of one weakness which was almost unworthy of her when the time came she changed her dress and put on an old shabby frock in which she was wont to call upon the carols her best dresses were all kept for her father and perhaps accounted for that opinion that to his eyes her face was the sweetest thing on earth to look upon as she sat there waiting for mr Barry, she certainly did look ten years older than her age in truth both mr gray and dolly had been somewhat mistaken in their reading of mr Barry's character There was more of intellect and merit in him than he had obtained credit for from either of them he did care very much for the income of the business and perhaps his first idea in looking for dolly's hand had been the probability that he would thus obtain the whole of that income for himself but while wanting money he wanted also some of the good things which ought to accompany it a superior intellect an intellect slightly superior to his own of which he did not think meanly a power of conversation of which he might imitate and that fitness of thought which, he flattered himself, he might be able to achieve while living with the daughter of a gentleman. These were the treasures which Mr. Berry hoped to gain by his marriage with Dorothy Gray. And there had been something in her personal appearance which, to his eyes, had not been distasteful. He did not think her face the sweetest thing in the world to look at, as her father had done, but he saw in it the index of that intellect which he had desired to obtain for himself. As for her dress, that, of course, should all be altered." He imagined that he could easily become so far master of his wife as to make her wear fine clothes without difficulty but then he did not know dolly gray he had studied deeply his manner of attacking her he would be very humble at first but after a while his humility should be discontinued whether she accepted or rejected him he knew well that it did not become a husband to be humble and as regarded a lover he thought that humility was merely the outside gloss of love-making he had been humble enough on the former occasion and would begin now in the same string. But after a while he would stir himself and assume the manner of a man. "'Miss Gray,' he said, as soon as they were alone, "'you see that I have been as good as my word, and have come again.' He had already observed her old frock and her mode of dressing up her hair, and had guessed the truth. "'I knew that you were to come, Mr. Barry. "'Your father has told you so.' "'Yes.' "'And he has spoken a good word in my favor?' "'Yes, he has.' which i trust will be effective not at all he knows that it is the only subject on which i cannot take his advice i would burn my hand off for my father but i cannot afford to give it to any one at his instance it must be exclusively my own unless some one should come very different from those who are likely to ask for it there was something mr berry thought of offense in this but he could not altogether throw off his humility as yet i quite admit the value of the treasure he said There need not be any nonsense between us mr Barry. it has no special value to anyone except to myself but to myself i mean to keep it at my father's instance i had thought over the proposition you have made me much more seriously than i had thought it possible that i should do that is not flattering he said there is no need for flattery either on the one side or on the other you had better take that as established you have done me the honour of wishing for certain reasons that i should be your wife the common reason that I love you. But I am not able to return the feeling, and do not therefore wish that you should be my husband. That sounds to be uncivil. Rather. But I say it in order to make you understand the exact truth. A woman cannot love a man because she feels for him even the most profound respect. She will often do so when there is neither respect nor esteem. My father has so spoken of you to me that I do esteem you, but that has no effect in touching my heart. Therefore I cannot become your wife." now as mr berry thought had come the time in which he must assert himself miss gray he said you have probably a long life before you long or short it can make no difference if i understood you aright you are one who lives very much to yourself to myself and my father he is growing in years so am i for that matter of that we are all growing in years have you looked out for yourself and thought what manner of home yours will be when he shall have been dead and buried? He paused, but she remained silent, and assumed a special cast of countenance, as though she might say a word if he pressed her, which it would be disagreeable for him to hear. When he has gone, will you not be very solitary without a husband? No doubt I shall. Had you not better accept one when one comes your way who is not, as he tells you, quite unworthy of you? in spite of such worth solitude would be preferable you certainly have a knack, miss gray of making the most unpalatable assertions i will make another more unpalatable solitude i could bear and death but not such a marriage you force me to tell you the whole truth because half a truth will not suffice i have endeavored to be at any rate civil to you he said and i have endeavored to save you what trouble i could by being straightforward Still he paused, sitting in his chair uneasily, but looking as though he had no intention of going. "'If you will only take me at my word and have done with it!' Still he did not move. "'I suppose there are young ladies who like this kind of thing, but I have become old enough to hate it. I have had very little experience of it, but it is odious to me.' I can conceive nothing more disagreeable than to have to sit still and hear a gentleman declare that he wants to make me his wife when I am quite sure that I do not intend to make him my husband. Then, Miss Gray, he said, rising from his chair suddenly, I shall bid you adieu. Good-bye, Mr. Berry. Good-bye, Miss Gray. Farewell. And so he went. Oh, Papa, we have had such a scene, she said, the moment she felt herself alone with her father. You have not accepted him? accepted him oh dear no i am sure at this moment he is only thinking how he would cut my throat if he could get a hold of me you must have offended him then very greatly oh mortally i said everything i possibly could to offend him but then he would have been here still had i not done so there was no other way to get rid of him or indeed to make him believe that i was in earnest i am sorry that you should have been so ungracious of course i am ungracious But how can you stand bandying compliments with a man when it is your object to make him know the very truth that is in you? It was your fault, papa. You ought to have understood how very impossible it is that I should marry mr Barry. End of chapter fifty two. Recording by Brooke Cunningham from Knoxville, Tennessee.